0: everybody today we're going to be talking about business continuity so imagine if something happened to you tomorrow that you were unable to work for the next month and it wasn't a holiday what's going to happen to your business what if it was six months what if it was 12 months what's going to happen to your business who is going to be looking at after it for you how did they know that Um, So business continuity, there's a whole bunch of different aspects. And one of the examples I'll give you is um, Onyx Legal. Our company is a, it's a PTY LTD Australian company. So that's a proprietary limited Australian company. The way it works in the legal profession is with a legal practice, the law society, and there's a law society in every state and territory. So the Queensland Law Society would step in or would want to step in and administer the practice until such time as either the practice was disappeared and all of the clients were handed over to other people or it was sold or something else happened, but they need someone to appoint them to be able to do that. So what they do is if there's an emergency in a legal practice, they can appoint someone to run that legal practice for a short period of time. um, And that gets over the immediate emergency. However, they can only do that if there is a surviving director of the business. Now, in a lot of legal practices in Australia, um, whether they're operated as a sole practice or they're operated as a company with directors, the people running them haven't necessarily nominated someone who can speak to the Law Society and who can authorise the Law Society to come in and run that practice for a short period of time. What we've done for business continuity purposes for Onyx Legal is my husband is also a director of the company. And that means if something happened to me, he could immediately go to the Law Society and say, hey, can you administer the practice for a short period of time while we work out what's going to happen? We also have the alternative is that another senior member of our team, Andrea Renson, she can be a principal. Um, hold a principal practicing certificate and to run a law firm in Queensland you have to have a principal practicing certificate Um, so she can qualify for one of those immediately Um, we could get that in place immediately and she could run the practice for a short period of time but that can only happen because there's another director there who's able to make those decisions and authorize those actions without that other director being in place um, we have a problem so that's the next thing in business continuity. What happened if something happened to my husband as well? You know, what's the next step? So this is, this is one of those areas where people don't think about what's going to happen. Because you may have a will. Um, and whether you have a will or not, I can tell you that will not get read quickly enough to help your business tomorrow. If something happened to you today, there needs to be someone in place who has the authority and the ability to do what needs to be done in your business tomorrow if you have an expectation that business will continue. So for a lot of sole traders, they sort of say to me, oh, well, if, if it's not me, it won't be anyone. It'll just disappear. That may be fine from your perspective, but what if you have a client base? So, if you have a client base who pay for your availability and you're suddenly unavailable, what happens there? Do you know what the next step is? How are they going to receive the value that they've paid for? Or are you going to, you know, how are you going to notify them that they won't receive that value anymore? Are you going to terminate their payments or is money going to come in that'll then have to be sorted out and refunded and all these sorts of things? There's a lot involved in business continuity and it's simply about sitting down and going through the practicalities and going okay if something happened to me today what doesn't happen tomorrow and what needs to happen tomorrow and what needs to happen this week and what needs to happen this month and so on until you have in place some instructions and they don't have to be complicated you know if you've got a business partner it's about sitting down with your business partner and discussing who's got what information because this is this is another thing that happens in businesses where you've got multiple people involved who has control of everything So again my husband is involved in this business his background's computer programming he does all of the IT So if something happened to him tomorrow what happens to our IT you know, I need to know where to find all of the passwords and all of the logins and all of the accounts and where all the accounts are hold, held and that kind of thing and make sure that there is continuity in that space. And then we ring Andy and we go, Andy, help. Here's the information. Please sort it out. Um, you know, because I, I don't have the day-to-day man- knowledge on how that's going to happen. Um, so it's about identifying your team and ensuring that there are plans in place. Now, I had the privilege of going to the Greater Caboolture Chamber of Commerce meeting last week, and they had some presenters on business continuity at that meeting. They were talking about it from a physical perspective. So floods, fire, drought, all of these sort of implications, how do they impact your workplace? So that's the other aspect of it is the physical aspect. What happens if you have no power for four days. Is there somewhere else you can go to work to access power? What if your internet goes down in your area? Is there somewhere else you can go to work easily? What if it's flooding? Is, can you get out? Um, where I live, we're lucky in that we have three, three potential exits. We live rurally. There are three potential exits from the property. We know that two of those will be cut when there's Um, flooding because that happened in February this year. We know the third avenue is still available to get out. Um, Do you know your exits and where you can go? So we know that if flooding occurs in our area and we, we lose power and internet, we can go to the office. It's sufficiently far away that it's not impacted by the same events that our home is. And vice versa. So if the office is impacted, we can work from home. And our team members are the same. But it's also when you've got remote workers looking at, well, what's what's going to impact them? And anybody working with team members in the Philippines knows that cyclone season comes through and you are going to lose them for days at a time because their infrastructure gets impacted very quickly. Um, So, you know, what are all of your... Um, next options and have you got them documented and is it documented in a way that like I've worked in with large organisations where the documentation can be 70 pages long and you have to really trawl through it to find the key bits that you need to know and understand. Um, It doesn't have to be that complicated. There are heaps of resources offered by state, federal, local governments online. Um, That was one of the things that the Chamber of Commerce introduced to us was his free resources and checklists that you can apply in a small business that don't have to be complicated. Um, So look at your small business supports that are available in your area and how you can apply them for your business continuity. Sorry. I've thrown a whole heap of stuff at you for you to think about. Um, and the main thing is, legally, what's going to happen to your business? Don't rely on your will. Make sure you've got other things in place and that people know what to do.
1: Yeah, because it's obvious and that when you're running a business, so many things that we don't think of. We think, right, we're going to start a business because I love this particular field. But you don't uh, think of all the things that are connected to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, questions. Um, just raise your uh, virtual hands. Anna, like to unmute? Thank you. Thanks for the for, Jeanette. Question
0: is. So me as a life coach, can I just talk to different coaches where I feel they would be a good alternative if something happened to me, and I talk to them and then refer? my clients in case of an accident or whatever? Or do I have to set that legally up? You don't have to set it legally up. What you need to do is have that relationship in place. So everything Jason says about building relationships, apply that. So you need to identify the clients um and with each client identify who you would refer to them and when you're talking to other business coaches ask how many they think they would have capacity to look after at any point in time and then touch base every six to 12 months you know so what you do is you build a collaborative relationship to say if something happens to me and I don't have capacity and I mean you could even apply this if you wanted to go on holiday for six weeks you know, um, collaborate with another coach. The things that you would want to have in place is that they're not going to steal your clients if there's an opportunity for you to take them back. So understanding that it's a temporary caretaking role and it's a trusted situation, pardon me, um, and that you would do the same for them for up to say five clients or 10 clients or whatever you think works from a capacity perspective, but document that, each of you agree that in that situation, you won't do anything to steal those clients.
1: Excellent. Andre. Ray?
0: So we, one of the companies that
2: I work for is kind of applying this. Um, we work with hundreds of companies around Australia and there's a lot of information that we have and we've got three developers, but we all know different things. Um, And so the main developer that I'm going to be taking um, over from, he needed to tell me how to get into the three backup servers, the three other servers that we're using as routing and everything, because no one else knew about it until that point. Um, So we're doing all of that. Also with my business, this is something that I really should um, sort out because I host websites and domains, so if something happens to me, um, like people can log into their accounts and do that themselves, but I like it's good to have all of that figured out. Um, since I use LastPass, I can allocate someone as an emergency contact to get into all of my accounts. So that's yeah. good.
0: You should also check with your because you're a reseller of domains and hosting, check with your um your. Uh, wholesalers as to what policies and procedures they have in place. So they may have some business continuity policies and procedures in place. It's worth reading, particularly I know with hosting resellers, um, that there's likely to be something in their terms and conditions that addresses, you know, what happens if if your business ceases to exist or something happens to you or whatever. Um, So go and check. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Other people have sort of thought these things through before you go and check their stuff first, because I know that
2: is something in place for the domains. Not sure about hosting.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, thank you, Mark. Is it excellent as um, I think you think like me. There's only two certainties in life: death and taxes. <laughs> um,
0: I think love is a certainty too, but then I'm a romantic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Also, um, I think what people should consider when they're talking about business continuity is also what they call key person insurance as well, which I think is what you're alluding to. That, you know, if you lose that programmer in your business, you know, as in Dre, you really effectively have no business. So it's probably something else worth considering too
0: Yeah, it is. Insurance is always a good idea, and I highly recommend you find a broker that you trust and work closely with them in terms of them understanding your business and helping you develop appropriate insurances. Thank you.
1: Excellent,
3: Andy. Uh, yeah, um, very timely actually. Uh, my wife and I were discussing this the other day. Um, what would happen um, in this eventuality? Yeah, uh, if I disappeared, um, one from the income that that my business provides for the, for the household. So that's number one issue. We were having a conversation with our, um, our financial advisor and he was talking about that sort of stuff, but it didn't cover what happened with the business. So I already started that conversation just last week with another business partner who lives local, also runs an MSP. And we talked about, well, what would happen, you know, at least to be able to provide those clients across to him either on a short-term or long-term basis, so that the clients themselves because they pay you know yearly fees etc aren't left in the lurch
0: great yes that's a very good This
3: continuity by the way something i've been talking about but i'd forgotten about really um for for years and years you know more than 20 odd years this sort of stuff has been been out there it's been talked about but it was mainly focusing on the tech space yeah okay but you know as we found even back then, it's more than just the technology assets that you need to consider.
0: It really is. And I mean, this assists your business, not just in the case of emergency. This assists your business in that if you can document a lot of this stuff, like what Dre was talking about, you've actually retained your business knowledge. You know, that's actually and-
3: a valuable asset that also helps you quantify how much it's worth to sell.
0: Yes, absolutely. You can really work
3: out how to hand it all over to someone else. In an yep. emergency, it's easier to hand it all over in a non-emergency.
0: Exactly, yeah.
3: Brilliant.
1: Thank you. Neville? Um, just, a, just a question there. Are things around uh, the space that I work in has a lot of confidential. Uh,
0: yes, I am very aware of allied health services and psychology <laughs> and counselling.
1: So, there's a whole bunch of stuff that it's like I have to be really careful about who I choose to be able to do the business continuity side of things. It's like, is there an easy way to sort that out? Because I mean, I'm sitting there. Possibly.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, are you a member of a professional um, organization? I am, yes. Okay. Go check there first. Yep. That's, I love professional organizations. Uh, because they have often thought through these issues before practitioners ever have. And they have these wonderful hidden resources that you never knew existed that are available to you as part of your membership. So the first thing I would do is go to your professional organisation, go and see what resources they already have in place. And they may well have some sort of scheme or plan or roadmap on how to do what you need to do. Um, Because yes, as you say, um, the, there's a certain, you've got health information essentially and it's mental health information and that mental health information needs to be looked after in cor- in accordance with health records, legislation, um, the Privacy Act and all sorts of other things. So professional organisation is your first stop. Yep. And if they haven't done anything, ask why.
1: Mm. Yes, mm. that would be good. The other, the other thing mm. is like I've got a mixture of... Um... Hard copy information and online data.
0: Yes, Um,
1: it it just means that there's a complicated stuff around. Like there is something that has to be local to me to be able to deal with the hard copy stuff, and then the online stuff also means that um, well, there might be people who don't have to be local to be able to deal with that, as long as they've got access to my passwords and stuff like that. So my passwords are my wife can have access to all of my passwords if she needs to. But I don't want her to be dealing with the dealing with the paperwork stuff because of the yeah. stuff that yeah. she's involved with. So it's it sort of ends up being a very tricky kind of like, <laughs> we
0: Well I see, have. and this is why your professional organization, because this is the other thing with a lot of professional organizations, they've been around before technology was available. So the the paperwork side of things, the hard copy side of things, they've actually normally got handled much better than the technology side of things. Um, So the technology side of things is probably going to be something easier. It's just a matter of making sure that that resource, here's what to do, is readily available, for example, to your wife. Um, And then with the hard copy stuff, it is identifying, like Anna was saying, identifying someone you can collaborate with and be the, you know, resource that if anything happens to their practice that you may be able to temporarily step in and assist in the administration of that or vice versa. Yep.
1: Excellent. Thanks very much. Anybody else with any questions? Rightio. Okay. I'll just...